the danger of coronavirus remains and its ability to spread uh, continues to be present. If done very properly and if we all, including the children, take personal responsibilities, then we can come up with solutions as long as we bear in mind where the risks are and how to keep those risks to a minimum. According to a recent COVID-19 survey, 50% of parents say they would be uncomfortable sending their kids to school or daycare in August. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. In just a moment, we'll take on the issue of education when we're joined by the president of the California School Boards Association. But first, here are some of the top coronavirus headlines for Friday, June 12th. Starting today, all gyms are allowed to reopen. Bars and wineries can resume operations, while hotels can welcome back tourists and individual travelers. And zoos can welcome back families. Movie theaters can also reopen at 25% capacity, with a maximum of 100 people. When it comes to bars, you'll need face coverings to get in, just as you do with restaurants. People will be seated six feet away from one another or have a plexiglass divider between them. Many San Diego bars with food licenses have already been open for three weeks and say they're feeling the squeeze of the new restrictions. Maybe three more weeks and no spike and we get a little more back to the biggest thing for us is going to be uh, if people are allowed to be in the venue, maybe a a lower capacity, um, just not seated. Bar owners say getting people back to work is tough because many employees are making more on unemployment right now. They're asking anyone who goes out to bars this weekend to be patient with the changes. Community swimming pools, along with pools at apartment complexes and HOAs, also have the green light to reopen. ABC 10 News reporter Jennifer De La Cruz found out the changes being made to keep swimmers safe from the coronavirus. All sanitation measures will need to be increased for handrails and showers, but spas and jacuzzis will still remain closed. In a swimming pool, people's faces are down in the water, so there's less uh, ability to transfer droplets as you're talking to somebody as there would be in a spa or a jacuzzi. Heather Bonomo with the county's Food and Housing Division says there's not a huge risk of spreading the virus in the water. Part of that is pools are already required to be disinfected and have chlorine in the water that helps prevent that transmission. But even though they're allowed to reopen, many municipal pools will stay closed. Community pools operated by the city of San Diego and Chula Vista do not have a reopening date set. The city of Poway is reopening their swim center on the 22nd. Escondido City Pools will open on the 26th. Jennifer De La Cruz, ABC 10 News. Looking ahead to next week, county officials are announcing another round of businesses that will be able to reopen next Friday. They include nail salons, piercing and tattoo parlors, massage therapy, and personal care businesses. The county is encouraging these businesses to begin working on their reopening plans. Meantime, Supervisor Nathan Fletcher is reminding San Diegans that the threat of coronavirus is still very real. So we ask and, 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 and hope that we have continued widespread adherence, which would hopefully continue keeping San Diego Uh, in a positive position and positive place. The county says it will continue to increase its testing capacity as we reopen more businesses. The Hotel Dell is coming back to life. It's now accepting reservations at Beach Village beginning June 26th. Visitors can stay in the Coronado Hotel starting July 19th. The resort shut down in March for the first time in its history. The pool and new dining areas aren't expected to reopen until later this summer. The Hotel Dell plans to reopen luxury cottages and villas once restrictions are lifted on leisure travel. 
while San Diego continues to cautiously reopen, the trends aren't as good in other parts of the country. A new warning from the CDC today projecting around 27,000 more coronavirus deaths in the U.S. by July 4th. This after more than 20 states plus Puerto Rico are reporting an increase in cases. Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago says doctors have performed the first successful double lung transplant on a woman recovering from COVID-19. They say she's an otherwise healthy woman in her 20s who spent six weeks on a ventilator and life support. Northwestern says the transplant was the only way to save her life and that she has a long recovery ahead, but doctors do expect her to recover. Kids are getting out of school across the state, getting ready for their summer, but the topic of what happens this fall is already one being discussed across California. And joining me on the podcast today is the president of the California School Boards Association, Sheila Nain Cruz-Gonzalez. It is a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you. Just to give us a place to start, why don't you tell us about the mission of the California School Board Association? Sure. Um, so we are a membership association, um, and we com- our membership is comprised of the almost 1,000 school, di- school boards across the state. So every school district has, a, has an elected school board, and um, most of those school boards are members of our organization. And so our job is to support them to be the best school board members that they can be. Now, in that advisory capacity, uh, you guys recently kind of put together a study about different plans of action for this fall. Tell me about that process and kind of what went in to making some recommendations for school boards uh, for what's going to happen this year. Yes, we just released a report um, and we took a lot of input. So we had and um, we did some focus groups with school board members across the state by regions. We have um, we have staff that work out in different regions, and so they um, brought together um, different board members across the state to think through really deeply what 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 should we be thinking about as we as we go to reopen schools. Um, additionally, we have some other groups. Um, we have a legislative committee that meets to, to think about our positions on state policy and state legislation, and so they met as well, um, and a couple other groups that we have to really think and get a broad a broad spectrum of views in terms of what what's going to happen as we plan for a reopening school. Obviously, I think the, the most fundamental question is, is how do we make sure we keep kids safe while still being able to continue their education and not set them back uh, due to challenges, whatever they have to do, uh, overcoming this COVID pandemic? Where do you guys strike that balance as, as you've looked into the issue? Right. That's exactly right. So um, we, I think as we, as we put out the recommendations, we think of it as a pyramid and the base of that pyramid, the most important piece is safety, right? Safety of our students, safety of our staff, our community. So that really has to be the primary overriding concern as we plan. Um, layered above that, I, we, we, the next layer we think about is in terms of the resources and the, the funding to support those resources. Um, and then above that, um, two more pieces, the one above that is around thinking about how do we, um, how do we ensure that the, what, the educational structure that we go back, the learning plan, um, is, is going to be flexible enough to, to take on whatever happens next year in case schools close or something happens? Um, and so those are the pieces that we have put together to think about how we reopen schools. I've got a couple of high school aged children and in our school district, of course, has been talking about what things are going to look like in the fall. And one option we keep hearing about is is kind of a hybrid model that may involve um, some time in class and also some measure of distance learning. Is that a model that you're seeing talked about a lot across the state of California? 
We are, um, and really, I have to tell you, it's being driven by by finances. I think we're we're now um, trying to figure out a way to how to socially distance, have kids be six feet apart um, in schools. You, you know, a normal class size is anywhere between 20 to 35 kids, right? Thinking about the different grades, and so if we're trying to get down to less than 15 kids in a class, you're talking about having class size, and so that's either have to hire twice as many teachers. Um, we obviously don't have the money to do that with budget cuts, um, or find some other some other way to be able to accommodate kids in classrooms. And so, yeah, many, I think many districts across the state are thinking about this hybrid approach. And it's not simply a monetary issue. You could have an unlimited budget and you still not, might not be able to find enough teachers. There might not be enough physical space on campuses uh, to have all the kids necessarily there at the same time, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a big issue as well. Um, just the actual space to be able to fit kids in. I think some people are even being thinking about how do they use up other space? So maybe um, do some work outdoors, some classroom learning outdoors, um, take over cafeterias. Um, because another thing that we're seeing at uh, recommendations are around um, that kids should be probably staying together and probably eating in their classrooms, right? So they're not intermingling. How much flexibility uh, will school districts have or should they have? Because uh, obviously California is a big state and uh, what might not work in an urban center like Los Angeles might be very different uh, in a, you know, a rural part of Northern California. Yes, and thank you for mentioning that. That's actually the very tippity top of our pyramid, right, is, is around flexibility. Um, definitely, I think um, you look across the state, there's actually some parts of the state that um, the, the governor was allowing them to reopen schools in May. They chose not to, but um, to think about that, I'm in LA, so you know we're not even close to that. Um, so definitely the, the flexibility, um, we appreciate that the, the state has given us that flexibility. I, you've seen um, the, the guidelines that have come out um, have been focused on the health and safety pieces. Um, which I think we all want to make sure we adhere to. But when you look at what the instruction is going to look like, what a school is going to look like, um, th everything that's come out of the Department of Education, out of our local counties, has been guidance and not necessarily requirements. Uh, and then while, while my kids uh, are under the traditional calendar and aren't supposed to start again until late August, we do have a number of year-round schools in California as well. How does that dynamic change um, what the kind of the process is? And does that give more urgency uh, about coming up with a plan? Because some kids will, will be going right into the next grade level here in just a few weeks. Right, and I think especially in San Diego, you have quite a few school districts that are on year-round schedules. Um, you know, I think in some ways, and I've heard a couple of your superintendents speak. Um, in some ways, I think they're they're um, pretty well prepared. I think they've I, they've been pretty innovative just in general, thinking about how do they um, how do they bring instruction to the 21st century. So a lot of these same districts that are on year-round schedules, um, and often they do it because they want to make sure that kids aren't getting summer lost. Right, they've already been thinking about how to integrate technology. So. Um, I actually, I think it's in some ways they're going to be the guinea pigs for the rest of us, right? Because you'll be starting early in July and most of us start in August or September. Well, there's still a lot of questions. It's good to know that uh, people like you trying to at least come up with some answers, solutions and recommendations. Sheila Nene Cruz-Gonzalez, president of the California School Board Association. A pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. All right. Thank you. We're also seeing more good news as the process of rebounding from the pandemic continues. Today's opening scapped off a week full of changes to our local health orders. ABC 10 News anchor Derek Stahl shares some of the positive highlights as San Diego moves toward a new normal. It's time for arts, crafts, and a lot of play. Local summer camps got approval to reopen as of Monday. There are temperature checks and kids have to be kept in the same small group. Still, the YMCA says some camps filled up within half an hour. It's showing us that they're 
there's definitely a need and people are really excited uh, for camp, which is great. Boat businesses got permission to relaunch on Monday along with campgrounds and RV parks. Beaches are getting busier. The city of San Diego reopened beach parking lots Tuesday along with boardwalks. I did not know the boardwalk was wide open today. We actually realized that while we were laying out. You can now play beach volleyball and toss a football on the sand with members of your household all throughout San Diego County. On Thursday, the remaining DMV offices reopened throughout the state. And that brings us to today, with more than a dozen industries allowed to reopen, including gyms and fitness facilities. They'll have to limit the number of people inside, conduct health screenings, disinfect equipment, and more. It's the camaraderie, and especially times like right now, Bringing people together, that is our specialty. Hotels can now welcome back tourists and individual travelers. Balboa Park's Central Mesa reopened today. So did the Air and Space Museum. Zoos, aquariums, and galleries are all allowed to reopen as of today. And for some 21 and older entertainment, bars and wineries are reopening, but owners say they won't look the way they used to. Not even close, unfortunately. Some will require customers to sit, not stand, to ensure social distancing. And that's not all. Movie theaters, arcades, bowling alleys, batting cages, racetracks, card rooms, they can all reopen as of today. Now, you do want to check with these businesses before you actually show up. Even though they have permission to reopen, some might not be ready to do so. Derek Stahl, ABC 10 News. Good signs, but remember, as the reopening continues, the danger increases, making social distancing and mask wearing more vital than ever, or the county could be forced to shut down many of the businesses that are open again. San Diego still faces a long road to recovery, even after the pandemic subsides. ABC 10 News is committed to helping San Diegans rebound from the turmoil created by the coronavirus, getting back on our feet, finding jobs, resources, and creative solutions to rebuild. Together, we'll find a way. For stories and more information on how we bounce back, go to 10news.com rebound. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins.